you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This week, in episode five, we're jumping into Black Friday. Now, you may instantly be thinking, um, but Oliver, I think we've just had Black Friday? Well, that's a good spot, so thank you for that. Instead, we're not going to be looking at what you should do to get ready for Black Friday. Rather, what should you do now that it's finished? We're going to take a look at some of the early statistics coming out of Black Friday 2018 and how that's going to shape next year's Black Friday. So importantly, after listening to this episode, you'll be able to take away a clearer understanding of what it is you need to do now to get ready for next year. Let's get into it. So when I started to research this episode, one of the first things I wanted to find out was where did the name Black Friday actually come from? And it was quite interesting. So it originally came from the 1940s or so. And it was the day where a lot of stores started going into the black. The day where they started becoming profitable for the year. Now this term wasn't widely used until about 1990. And even then, it was only within a reasonably small area around Philadelphia in the States. From there, popularity began to grow until it became really big landmark retail event in around 2005, in the States, of course. Now, in the UK, it wasn't until around 2010 that it started to come into, into our language. It jumped onto the major scene in around 2013. And this is back, you know, a few years ago now, of course, when we had those scenes of fights breaking out over who's picking up that last discount telly, people getting trampled at the door, as they were tentatively opened at midnight. Some really quite horrendous scenes from a retail perspective. So I'm glad they're over now. And of course, in 2018, we've barely seen any of that. And we'll get onto that in just a minute. Early Insight is saying that for 2018, there were some increased spending levels on Black Friday. Of course, it's going to be a few days, weeks and months before we get the full picture of what happened from a trade perspective across the retail marketplace. But like I say, the early indication is increased spending happened. Adobe Analytics reported that there was around a 23% increase year on year. And of course, Cyber Monday is also still to come at the time of recording. OpenX did a survey that found that 59% of US shoppers were planning on avoiding Black Friday shopping altogether. They found it too stressful and instead were planning on opting for Cyber Monday shopping instead. Now, this is probably partially due to the perception of Black Friday, the perception of those fights, those riots, the trampling. And people don't want to have that hassle. They want to avoid it. And Cyber Monday offers an online alternative for shopping from the comfort of your own home, of course. And that is, again, one of the big signals that we saw this year. Stores weren't so heavily trafficked. No signs of fights, no signs of big queues like there were in previous years. Instead, there's been a big shift to online and a big shift to mobile shopping too. Argos have already said, as of Friday morning, half of the orders that came in on Black Friday this year were made on a handset, on a mobile device. 
That's up from 40% to 50% this year. Meanwhile, Carphone Warehouse have said sales coming through smartphones were up 8% year on year. So we're seeing some big trends. Black Friday is now more about online shopping than bricks and mortar shopping. This year, we've also seen retailers backing out of such big major discounting. Market research firm GFK have already said that, for example, laptops were discounted less. There were only around a third of laptop ranges were discounted compared to 70% last year. So quite a significant drop. And of that drop, the price drop was also smaller, an 8.9% drop or discount compared to 9.5% last year. So fewer products with smaller discounts. This year, we've seen premium brands avoiding it as well. So consumers are also starting to wise up to the fact that the latest Samsung phone or the latest iPhone, whatever, is unlikely to be included. Couple that with increased press around the fact that some prices are inflated before they're then discounted means that shoppers are starting to get more savvy. They're starting to understand and get some online tools for price tracking and so on. So it's interesting to see how that's going to shift over the next few years. Companies are, of course, continuing to declare that they won't be taking part. Companies like IKEA, like Primark, like Apple are big in saying, no, thank you, not for us. In fact, George Weston, the CEO of Primark, has said Black Friday in the UK is pointless. So that's a big statement. A Primark spokesperson has then followed up by saying that they offer great value on the high street every day of the year. And I think that's a big shift. That's ultimately what consumers are looking for. And more and more companies now are starting to look at everyday value rather than discounts and flash sales to drive real loyalty all year round. However, this year we've seen some companies that previously have stood away from Black Friday come back, re-enter into this new tradition. Asda are most notably. So Asda brought Black Friday. They were a big part of Black Friday coming to the UK, but then they've backed out. This year, they've still taken part with their George range. Homebase 2 didn't take part last year, but are taking part this year. So all in all, stores are not feeling that same pressure anymore. We're far removed from those scenes of fights, of riots, of pushing, of shoving. And that's a great, great story from my perspective. But the shift is now onto online. And that forms three new challenges for retailers. Firstly, websites are still struggling. We've seen uh, big name brands. We've seen Debenhams, Game and Superdrug in the UK struggling with their website uptime on these busy, busy trading periods. However, I would say this year's Black Friday has had fewer problems across the marketplace. There have been fewer companies that have had real problems. And even those companies it was relatively short. It wasn't that their site got wiped out completely. However, I am recording this before Cyber Monday and it is due to release on the 26th, so on Cyber Monday. So you'll be listening to it on or after. So let's see how that goes, eh? The second challenge is, of course, online order fulfillment. And we'll get into this in a little bit. But having a huge surge of trade through your online picking operation, packing operation, and of course your dispatch is going to be challenging, both for the retailers as well as the distributing companies. And finally, the returns piece is going to be a big challenge, is my forecast. And I'd like to highlight a particular case study that I thought 
was great this year. And it comes from the self-proclaimed home of Black Friday, so they should be good at it. It's Amazon. Now, what we saw this year was a really extended Black Friday period. So Black Friday for Amazon ran from the 16th of November all the way through to the 25th of November. That's nine days, Black nine days, they should call it. But what's happened is it's really quite clever. They've extended the shopping period to reduce the one-day surge on their website and on their operations. They've focused on some key lines like their proprietary Echo and their Fire TV sticks, which means that they can be a bit more predictive with what's going to sell. And they can, and I'm sure they would have put in, operational solutions to help streamline when a customer orders an Echo, when they order a Fire Stick. Meanwhile, other lines were put on 24-hour sales periods. And this is similar to their Lightning Deal concept, which they, of course, run all year round. But what this does, it does a couple of very clever things. Firstly, it reduces that surge, that one-time hit onto the website and spreads it out over a number of days. It means that customers are going to come back repeatedly and continually check. From my own personal experience, they got quite a few visits and orders from the bank's household. The second thing spreading the, spreading the Black Friday sale did, and focusing on these specific lines with the 24-hour sale periods, was they really focused on this fear of missing out, FOMO. They had extensive use of timers and stock visibility to show when things are selling out. And the third item was that they didn't have that same impact when things had sold out. They've got a continual flow of new offers coming down the pipeline. So you feel like there's always something else to get. But it wasn't all plain sailing for Amazon this year. They've had strikes at their UK depots in the run-up to Black Friday over working conditions, over staff feeling overwhelmed as orders start to flood in and the pressure mounts. Now, traditionally, stores have been feeling this in the run-up to Christmas, and it's going to be interesting to see how online retailers build that same, um, that same loyalty, that same commitment that retail stores, bricks and mortar stores, have always had. Bricks and mortar stores, of course, are really strong at that team spirit about everyone giving in to deliver a great Christmas. So that will be an interesting shift to see how online retailers pure play online retailers, that is, make a change to build that team uh, morale, to build that commitment. So zooming out of the Amazon case study, one of the other big trends we've seen, of course, in online shopping is around the returns conundrum. You want to make it easy and risk-free for customers to make the purchase so that they feel that if it's not right, they can make a return without being too hard hit in the pocket. But on the flip side, of course, Retailers need to manage these returns and get them back on sale. What we've seen this year in Black Friday is a number of companies extending their return date to include Christmas trade. Although early insight is that trade could be up this year, there could still be a significant sting in the tail late in December and even into January. So those key trends that we saw this year are around the focus onto online and the need to be able to manage web traffic, both classic website, but more specifically, mobile. So mobile is going to be over 50%, it's likely, based on that Argos data that we talked about earlier. Over 50% on mobile, it's incredible. That brings with it an operational surge. 
for online order fulfillment, both picking, both packing, dispatch, and of course, delivery. Now, we're still a bit early to see what the impact is on delivery, but my guess is all those drivers are going to be working hard over the next few weeks. And of course, the final leg of that is the returns journey. We're going to need to see what happens there. But now Black Friday is over, what should you do differently? What should you do to be able to transform Black Friday next year? Now we know the date, it's going to be the 29th of November next year. It's the day after Thanksgiving. And the first step is to take some lessons learned. Now you may be rolling your eyes at this because we always do that and it always gets forgotten. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. You need to capture them now. And you need to ensure that they're clearly written down. At the end of the day, if they're big operational improvements that you need to make, particularly to deal with that sort of surge of online order fulfillment, if they're going to take capital or if they're going to need software to be developed, you need to get started now. So that lessons learned period is important. But it is also important that you don't forget about the little bits that were still relevant. So make sure, book it into your diary now to review those lessons learned in six months' time. Review them again in nine months' time, so that's three months prior to Black Friday, and then again another one month before. This will mean that you keep them in mind and you don't make the same mistakes again and again. So what should you do? We've we've talked about this trend of the move to online and the move to mobile. So what should you do? Well, the first stage is to continue to analyse the numbers. The great thing about online is, of course, it's very data rich. So take the trends that you've seen for the past couple of years, as well as insight that's out in the marketplace, and extrapolate to plan for next year. Look at the mobile shopper percentages. Look at your online versus offline percentages. Look at the product range and whether dates are playing into it as well. You know, the extent of when your, when your sales were, were run. Once you have a pattern, you can begin to build a plan to deliver that forecast, that that target volume. From an operational surge perspective, particularly thinking about online order fulfillment here, you need to be able to streamline your processes. One of the big challenge is that the surge itself is the challenge. You have enough capacity in your your processes, in your operation, to be able to deal with the day-to-day. But when it all comes in a short space of time, you really get squeezed. And it doesn't make financial sense to really increase your capacity, you know, to put in advanced robotic systems or whatever for one day. It just doesn't make any financial sense. So you do need to focus on streamlining your processes. Again, look at the analytics, look at the insights and the data available and work out how you can funnel the surge into more predictable areas, whether that's spreading it over more days or whether that's focusing on particular product lines like we saw from Amazon this year that could help deal with that operational pinch point and then the returns conundrum now this is a big challenge much bigger than Black Friday and one of the tough points is that there is very little visibility of what's coming and when it's difficult to predict and forecast customers demand a fast turnaround on their payments once they've had notification that you have received their return package, they're wanting their money, rightfully so, back in their pocket. So being able to cope with this huge surge of return orders, each which need to be processed, checked, and then restocked, and as well as the finances obviously returned as well, 
It needs to happen and it needs to be fast. Now, there's no data to support this, but my theory is that this year we'll see a larger increase in returns, bigger than the growth of sales. The reason for this is a couple of things. One is obviously there were more online sales compared to offline, and we know that customers have a tendency, particularly in the in the clothing category, to order more and return more. But also the extended return dates means that there's going to be time for people either to have a go and wear wear them out at Christmas time when they've got a bit more time, or maybe even wear it to a Christmas party and then see if they can return it and get their money back as well. So these things coupled together will mean that I'd suggest a big increase in returns in January. Now, when you're doing that, you're going to want to be collecting data to understand the reasons for return. A number of retailers I know collect the data either on paper forms, but really struggle because it's a pain in the ass, frankly, really struggle to then collate that into any real message or insight that they can act upon. So in your returns process, you again need to look at streamlining the process and in particular, identifying and removing the waste from the different steps and stages that you go through. And removing waste is something that I'm really passionate about. It forms part of the the Lean Six Sigma methodology that works really well with streamlining and improving processes. So my question to you was, how was Black Friday for you this year? What were your particular challenges? What is it you want to do differently come Black Friday 2019? I'd love to hear from you, so let me know. You can reach me at oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or visit the website. That's obandco.uk slash zero zero five obandco dot uk slash zero zero five and there you can find the episode resources so some of the notes from this show as well as some of the research papers and articles that I've used as I've been pulling this episode together. I'm also going to use that page to again add in more articles and insight as we get a clearer picture of what Black Friday 2018 really did. So that address again, obandco.uk slash 005. Make a mental note. And if you'd like a bit more of a prompt to be able to go through, I'm always going to add in resources on the website. If you'd like a bit more of a prompt, why don't you go there now? And there'll be a pop-up to join the newsletter. So in that newsletter, I will point out to you that a new episode is live, what that is, and what we've got in the resources for you this week, or that week, I should say. So thank you for listening. If you've not subscribed already to the podcast, please do so now on your podcast player. Plus, remember to tell your colleagues and friends about the show, about the Retail Transformation Show. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon.